successful people don't really know what they're doing. They're just showing up every day, really messy, really imperfect, and they're brave enough to look stupid. And that's kind of been my story the last 10 years is just putting myself out there, sharing my life, being genuine, being honest. And in return, it built this amazing female audience that wants to learn from me and this cool community that gets me and wants to be part of my baby grandma weird life. And I'm super grateful for it. But along the way, obviously, once I realized it could be a job, I started to study digital marketing and mm. how do you make money as a health and wellness coach? I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today I have somebody on the show that has come highly recommended by so many people. I have none other than serial entrepreneur, author, blogger, podcaster, and speaker, Angie Lee. And today on the show, we go really deep into Angie's story and how her childhood inspired her own personal transformation, which including dropping out of both college and the corporate world on blind faith and starting a successful career as an entrepreneur, which she now has turned into a seven-figure business and is coined as being the marketing ninja because she is the go-to for authentic community building, social media sharing, and being that person that helps thousands upon thousands of people across the world um, really take chances and become the best version of themselves by being true to who they are. So I want you to really pay attention to all the nuggets she drops in this episode as we go deep again in her story, the lessons she's learned, how failures and you know fear and everything else can really uh, motivate you to come out on the other side with success and fulfillment and make sure you stay tuned to the end because we're actually giving away uh, something special at the end of the episode. So you'll make sure to, to tune in at the end and um, once again, thank you. You're going to enjoy this one. And I bring you none other than Angie Lee. Angie, thanks so much for hopping on. Woohoo! Let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so pumped to talk to you because, you know, obviously now you're this highly sought after, you know, marketer. You've got an amazing podcast. You've hosted amazing events. You've got a book coming out soon. And you're, you know, the, the co-founder of Soul CBD. But what a lot of people don't know is there's a huge backstory behind all this. And Ready is a Lie actually has like a meaning to it because, you took a lot of messy action to get where you are today. And where I want to start, though, is baby grandma, which I relate a lot to, right? Is because you feel like you're a young person trapped in an old person's body, if you will, right? Where yeah. I feel kind of the same. I feel like I am a 32-year-old trapped in a 65-year-old's body at times because I was forced to grow up fast. And I know you were forced to grow up fast as well. So walk me through a little bit about your childhood and, and how it inspired you to just kind of have this can-do attitude and being able to just kind of tackle all your fears and accomplish whatever you want. Wow. Well, thank you so much for that. It's really sweet to see that in me because when you're in your own head and in your own body, you don't see that. You're like, what do you mean? I have a can-do attitude. But then people interview you and they illuminate what, what they see in you. So you're like, oh, that's how people see me. Um, yeah. I, I really think there is this correlation between having to grow up really fast due to my parents had a really painful divorce and I, I saw that I had to be the parent. So I think I had to figure out how to take care of myself emotionally, 
and then financially and figure things out. And I'm a college and corporate dropout. I always felt like I wasn't smart enough. I got straight C's if I was lucky. So for a lot of my life, I felt like there was something wrong with me when really the system is messed up. It wasn't me for any entrepreneur listening to this or any rule breaker school was probably really difficult for you because it's really structured. There's yes and no, and there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a right and a wrong. It's, it's a very messed up system. I'll be honest. And I always felt like an outsider. I, I always felt like there was something wrong with me. And I knew that I was so unemployable that I, I what was the point of staying in college when right, I never, right. wanted to, <laughs> I never <laughs> wanted to have a job where anybody ever said, what is your resume? Because I didn't really have one. I just, had side jobs and started this online business at 20 years old. I started a blog while I was in chemistry class because I was bored and didn't want to take the chemistry test. So I was farting around in class, definitely not paying attention. And so I started a health and wellness blog. I didn't know who would read it. I didn't know how it would make money. This is 11 years ago. I didn't know what digital marketing was. I think this granola company paid me $40 to, to put their, their, their name on my site. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm an influencer. I've made it. I'm going to be rich. Right. And so I just kind of put one foot in front of the other. And I always say, and, and you know, this as well, successful people don't really know what they're doing. They're just showing up every day, really messy, really imperfect. And they're brave enough to look stupid. And that's kind of been my story. The last 10 years is just putting myself out there sharing my life, being genuine, being honest. And in return, it built this amazing female audience that wants to learn from me and this cool community that gets me and wants to be part of my baby grandma weird life. And I'm super grateful for it. But along the way, obviously, once I realized it could be a job, I started to study digital marketing. And mm. how do you make money as a health and wellness coach? How do you make money teaching women marketing? Because women were reaching out saying, how are you selling your courses and your products? How are you doing that? And so I realized I always had this natural superpower for marketing. And so I doubled down on that and said, wow, this is a, this is a thing. People teach other people how to market their products and programs online. So I pulled some prices out of my butthole with my first client. <laughs> I was like, pay me 60 bucks for 10 hours of coaching, right? I didn't know. And the rest is history. And from there, I've done live events, physical products, digital products. I'm in the DTC space, like you said podcasting and now a book, which I'm terrified to do. And I have no idea what I'm doing, but here we go. <laughs> but yeah. And it's like the whole like notion. And, and it's funny that your, your book is literally called ready is a lie that everyone thinks they're going to be ready and they got to have their parents approval. They got to have their spouse approval. They got to have all these ducks in a row. And really, if you talk to anybody who's been successful, they've never had anything like that in order to kind of, you know, make that push forward. And what is really fascinating about you is that you've built everything pretty much from the ground up, you know, no paid ads. You didn't do it for money. You simply did it to build an authentic community of people to, to follow you and inspire them. I mean, do you think that your ability, because I think this is a gift you have that I'm sure you've been told to authentically connect with people at a soul level mm -hmm. comes from like your pain in your childhood and being able to then help other people because you don't want them to feel that same pain that you might have felt, you know, when you were going through a lot of the stuff you went through. Wow, this is a therapy session, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I like to get deep on here. <laughs> I'll Venmo you later, Doug. This is great. <laughs> oh man, probably. You know, you're probably right because I believe that the greatest leaders or influencers are are people who have felt pain and have felt mm -hmm. deep, deep empathy for humans. I 
give a shit about humans. I really, really do. And that's why I do what I do. And I've always put answering someone in the DM or connecting with someone on a live video or showing up goofy and authentic and genuine more than I focused on ads and funnels and the, the analytics and the conversion rates. And I've just really stayed in what is more for me that I don't know if it's the feminine or masculine energy, but I've really doubled down on more of the right brain versus the left mm. brain when it comes to marketing. And I think that's actually been a strength because a lot of people, when they get into marketing, they focus on click-through rates and the analytics and they focus really on the left side, which there is a time and place, right? There's a time and place for ads. There's a time and place to know your numbers and know what's going on. But in the beginning, the first four or five years, I didn't even know really what a sales page was or what a good conversion rate was. I didn't know what a good open rate was for my emails. I just kept emailing people because, because it was fun <laughs> and right. I just kept showing up. And I think it is a mixture of experiencing pain in childhood. Plus I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So I think there's this, this, this part of my personality that just wants to have fun and just wants to share. And that's actually helped in this process because it's, it's a long game, like building an audience and putting yourself out there. It's a long game. It's, it's patience for sure. It's not sexy conversions. Gosh, till 10, 20 years into doing it, even it's, it's a long game, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can totally relate to that. I mean, it's, it's a journey and it's step-by-step. Step. They might look at somebody like you who's built a massive platform and got 10 million downloads and you've got this DTC brand and you're selling out, you know, events and they probably like, well, you know, she's just lucky, but they don't see like the fact that you've been doing this for, for so long. Right. And the same with me. I mean, I get asked a lot, like, Hey, like, you know, I've never been on a podcast. Do you think I can get on like such and such podcast? And I'm like, I've been sharing my story for six years consistently. And I heard you talk about on one of your latest interviews, how like you go back and listen to some of your old interviews and you're like, I don't want to say shame is the, is the word, but you're like, wow, like I sucked. And, And like, I did the same thing. I remember I was just, I was being interviewed by somebody the other day and I was on um, the best life podcast with, with Jill Coleman and Danny Johnson. I don't know if you know, oh, I love them, right? And it, but it didn't run for like a year. And in between that year, I had done all these other interviews. So like it aired like a year later and I was like, God, I suck. Like, I was like, I was like, this is terrible. I almost, I almost didn't want to share it. Cause I was like, this is so bad, but, <laughs> but it just shows that like, when you just do it and you're consistent and you show up and you speak your message, you speak your truth over a consistent period of time, like the results will come. And I think, yeah. you know, so many people, they chase after likes, they chase after comments, they chase after that dollar when it comes to social media and building a community that they never end up building that community because what they're, they're so far from like who they really are. And they're trying to just go after like the superficial benefits of it. And the one thing I absolutely am impressed by with what you do is you're super real on your social media. If you're having a shitty day, if somebody's blasting you in your comments, if somebody's like, you know, talking smack or whatever, you're like, you're still there, like showing up being like, you know, this is what I'm struggling with today. Anybody else? Or, I mean, I even remember at the beginning of the pandemic, you're like, any other extroverts out there? I'm struggling. Who wants to FaceTime? Who wants to get on IG live? Like I can't like sit still. Right. And a lot of people will be afraid to share that because there's plenty, probably plenty of people that were going stir crazy that were like, I just want to call like everybody in my phone book. I want to call everybody in my phone book. I don't want them to think I'm like, you know, nuts. Right. And what do you think is like the biggest mistakes people are making right now when it comes to building a community. I know we were chatting earlier about like, you got to do things for like the right reasons, not for the money. What are some mistakes that you see? Just either some of your clients or people you're just, you follow personally. Like, what are some things that you see that could be done better? Yeah. First of all, I love the ready is a lie moment you had when you listened to that interview and you're like, 
well, <laughs> you're not successful if you don't have a shitty first draft. So right, right. Go. Yeah, it's funny. I'll read reviews and comments, and I don't know. I got I don't get a lot of shit, but I got this one girl that's like, I don't like the audio of your podcast, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, can I listen to your podcast? She's like, <laughs> I don't have one. I'm like, yeah, I know you don't because you're not in the fucking arena. Okay, right, so right. Get out. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's it's silly, right? Because the people criticizing are never the people who are actually putting in the hard work doing it. And it's like, be grateful that I actually put that show out for you with free information. So. Yeah, I, I feel like the biggest mistakes, quote unquote, right now are number one, this, this, I guess you could say it's this lack of authenticity, like you were mentioning, because everybody is starting to look the same and sound the same in the fitness industry, in mm. the fitness coaching world, in the personal development world, especially in the female personal development world. I feel like everyone's posting the same cute, trendy thing because it looks cute and everybody else is. So if, she is and and you know she has a lot of followers then i'll do that too and we're just all copycats and then it becomes diluted so i think one being super unfiltered and authentic whatever that looks like for you i don't know if i've talked about this a lot but my brand really grew and became more what should i what's the word i should use my my brand became more the quality of my followers really, I guess the engagement, you could say, I'm like, what's the word I'm looking right, for? Right, but right, right. My engagement really, really increased. And my brand blew up once I was a hundred percent myself. Mm. And for so long, I was pretending to be somebody else online. And I had this fear around being super silly. And I'm a comedian before I'm a marketer. So I was afraid to show that because God forbid I'm teaching business and all these serious things. Am I allowed to make poop jokes? Am I, is that allowed? I don't really know. No one else is doing that in this space. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, am I allowed to be that person? And the moment I said, you know what, F it, I don't care. I'm just going to mm. be me. If people don't like it, who cares? Because I didn't sign up to be an actress. I signed up to share my life and be myself and who cares? And you could be smart and weird. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to show up. And I did. And immediately the, the open rates, the DMS, the conversions, everything blew up within a few months because they saw themselves in me and I gave them permission to be weird or to be whatever the heck they are. And I think that's the coolest part of marketing is it's authenticity. The more authentic you are, the greater the connection. And, and that person will indirectly buy anything you say because they trust you, which they should because you're being real, right? So one, I think there's this lack of authenticity online, which people are craving more than ever in 2020 because everything is so filtered and fake and the same. And number two, really, number two, I think a lot of people don't want to niche down. They don't want to have a focus. They don't want to become a specialist. They don't want to become great in one thing. They want to be a generalist. They want to be mm. a general life, wellness, and purpose coach. And they want to be Tony Robbins. And they just started yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, get in line. So does everybody <laughs> else. Okay. I would love to be Tony too. Yeah. And so I think being honest about starting, starting narrow and then going wide and realizing that there's this beauty in, in doing less better online and saying, Hey, I'm really good at X, Y, and Z. These are the three things I double down on. These are my three sub niches or the sub pillars of my brand. And that's what I teach. And that's what I do. Get great results in that. And that's where you're really going to see impact and income versus you're trying to teach everything and anything under the sun that you've ever learned in your life. And then it doesn't stick and you're, and you're wondering why people aren't converting and why you're not standing out on Instagram. It's because it's just too general. It's just too fluffy. And I always tell women that I think women were just, I don't know, men are also, also multi-passionate, but women, I feel like we want to do it all and be it all overnight. Right. And so we, 
we find that, you know, I, I see that a lot of these life coaches come out really struggling because they're afraid to niche down. So I would say those are the two big things I see is a lack of authenticity and the fear of niching down. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that struggle with authenticity right now. And it's like, especially, you know, there's nothing probably worse, I think, than when you're trying to be somebody you're not, because now you're worrying like, oh, is the people who actually know me when they watch me, are they going to notice that I'm being somebody different or, you know, can they take me seriously? And, you know, I was on an, I was being interviewed the other day and they were asking me about my, um, this person, they coach a lot of people in the multi-level marketing industry. And we were talking about that. You can spot an MLM person from a mile away now on Instagram based on how they're put their posting. And, and the one thing I said, and I'm sure you, you will agree with this is people don't care about, you know, the kale juice. They don't care about the workouts. They don't care about, um, you know, what you're taking supplement wise. I mean, not, not saying it's not important because it is, but people who are, you're really trying to attract are going to relate to you when you can convince them that you understand them and you understand their struggles and where they're at, because odds are, if like you're in the health and wellness business and you're trying to attract new clients, your clients aren't drinking the kale juice right now. The clients are probably still sitting on the couch, you know, watching Netflix, you know, eating chips and just feeling really shitty about themselves. So I think I agree that that's one is the authenticity part. And then also like, there's a lot of chameleons out there. There's a lot of people that are like, Oh, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to try that. They're doing this. They're doing that. And then because of that, there's a lack of patience and they don't understand that it takes time to be consistent and showing up. Like Gary V talks a lot about this. He talks about like, I mean, like him, like him or hate him. I love Gary V. But, uh, he's my soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, he said he responded to like all these D like these every tweet on Twitter for like, I don't know, I mean years or whatever. And he was just yeah. consistent, consistent, consistent. And he didn't care like what people thought. He just knew like he was speaking his truth, speaking his message. And I just so agree with that. And I think that there's so many people that are trying to figure out where to start online and they just they have to realize it, just be themselves because when you're yourself, like the people who are meant to be, I mean, on your journey with you will stay and the people that aren't, they won't. And that's just kind of how I feel about it too. Yeah. I love Gary Vee. My goal is to be the female Gary Vee. He's just the best. He's just so real, you know? And yeah, I think that, like you said it perfectly. Your, your job is not to have everybody like you. If, right. if that's the goal, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. I mean, I have girls who maybe don't like the poop jokes. I'm like, cool, go to another page where the marketer's more serious and has a stick up their butt. Bye. Like, I don't care. There's hundreds of thousands and millions of women out there who I could serve and help. So once you really embrace that, you realize like, man, my only job is just to be so fully me that it inspires other people to be fully themselves. Like that's it. That's deeper than marketing. That's deeper than making money. My greatest compliment is when a girl DMs me and she's like, you inspired me to just be myself today. And I'm like, awesome, cool. That's marketing versus I help some girl make money. I mean, that's great and all, but helping someone just be self-expressed or, or find the courage to start the podcast or start the show. That to me is, is really winning. And yeah, like you said about Gary Vee, as crazy as it might sound, I, I respond to every single DM. I still make sure I'm on top of it. I outsource other parts of my business so I could still be that person now I'm not perfect with it, nor I think there should be the pressure to be for influencers or leaders, but I do try my best to do it. And it is important because those are, those are my people. That's mm. who pays my bills. If you think about it, right. Those are my people who really are supporting me. And then I have a pulse on what they want, what they need. And I, and I keep this connective tissue with my audience 
and I know what, what they need help with. What are they struggling with? What does she think's funny? I mean, that's who I'm trying to talk to. So I think a lot of people aren't actually in their DMs enough to know what's going on. So then they don't know what content to create. Yeah. And I think, you know, just playing the long game with it too, right? It's like yeah. you, I mean, knowing that this isn't like you're, you didn't create a podcast to land like a $5,000 a month sponsorship or an, an affiliate in the first month. You didn't create your soul CBD to sell like millions of dollars in the first month. Like, no, like you had a, you saw a problem, you created a solution that was stemmed from some sort of story. Right. And I think, and you seem so confident and I'm sure you struggle with insecurities like we all do, but I think a lot of your confidence and who you truly are has come from taking massive action on things that scared the living crap out of you, whether it was dropping out of college, looking your guidance, your counselor in the face and being like, you know what? Like I'm rolling out. Like, or, you know what I mean? I'm rolling out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, or like, you know, starting that blog or being that parent, like when your parent, when you were going through hard times as a kid and even like having to, to be there for your brother when he was going through, you know, his stuff, you know what I mean? And and that's what I love about, you know, soul CBD is it came from a purpose of pain that you just saw a, a problem and you're like, I'm going to create a solution. Like I, you know, you have anxiety, you're on stage or you need, you know, you have inflammation, your brother's you know, on eight different medications, has a painkiller addiction like I had, you know, and like, okay, like how can we solve this problem? So other people aren't feeling the way we are. So talk a bit about soul CBD, um, why you created it and kind of like, how it's really changed a lot of people's lives. Oh, yeah. I even get emotional thinking of those times when my brother was on that many medications and you even telling me that I'm like, Oh my gosh, let's talk about it. I want to hear about it because it's just so painful. I mean, I literally was sitting in hospitals with Mike till 3am seeing him in pain. They were, you know, he was at a facility where they were trying to detox him essentially one of the best ones in, in Chicago, this headache clinic to get him off all of this stuff. And it's just, it was such a mess to see my brother so young going through that. And it was just so painful. So yeah, he's definitely one of the most empathetic, amazing people I know. And, and he really wants to help people. And, and he came to me one day and said, listen, Ange, I think we should start this. This has really helped me. And I know there's so many people out there who are interested in holistic remedies and gosh, we're going to see even more so in the next 10 years, I truly believe. And I, and I hope and this is a little controversial, but I really hope that CBD and, and a bunch of different natural alternatives take over a large chunk of the overly abused pharmaceutical industry mm. that people become, you know, more than me become addicted to. And it's really painful. And there's side effects that are not fun and they're not okay. And this needs to be talked about yet. It's not right. There's other shit talked about in the news, but there's people every day who are overdosing on it or have horrible side effects from it and are truly addicted. So that's what's so great about CBD, right? There's no toxicity level. You can't become addicted to it. And we have zero THC. So there's no hallucinogenic effect either. And we started it two and a half years ago, not being experts in cannabis at all, had a few consultants, but we didn't know what we were really doing. And we put most of our own money into it, got one investor and then went from there. And we just went ham on organic marketing, affiliate marketing, podcasts, both of our, our, our personal brands. And from there, it kind of just blew up, but it wasn't overnight. Again, it's just now at a point where we're, where we're like, holy crap, how did it get so big so fast? But it was because of the power of personal branding. And that's what I love to emphasize to people is if you do the, unnecess if you do the necessary unsexy work of putting yourself out there, that's, that's what happens when then you start a product line, right? It's, it's because we put so much time into that first. So 
I don't think it would have been as successful if we first didn't focus on that first because we did a lot of it organically, right? But now a lot of it with soul isn't organic. It's definitely direct to consume a lot of paid ads and things like that. And a whole world that I do not know about <laughs> um, and I do not manage at all. But um, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome because we receive the craziest testimonials. I mean, man, some of the things that CBD can do, I can't, I'm not a doctor. I can't legally say I'll fix your life or your problems, but just go check them out on our site. And, and it's amazing. Yeah, I will definitely have to, to give it a try. I mean, I've dabbled with CBD here and there and, um, you know, I just have the utmost respect and empathy for you, you know, watching your brother go through what he went through. I remember, you know, when I detoxed, I, I got off Oxycontin cold Turkey when I was in jail for, there was three weeks of like hell and the feeling of, you felt like you're trying to crawl out of your own skin and you could had all these, you know, uncontrollable bowel movements talking about poop, right? You know, I love, you know, you love the poop jokes and, uh, and like vomiting, all this stuff. And you just don't realize like what it did, to, what it did to your body. And I remember my mom, you know, just the tears in her eyes watching me go through it and just, I literally wrote her a letter in jail. I still keep it with me today just as a for sentimental value that I promised her that I would never like go down that hope, that path again and do whatever it took. Right. And so when I see people coming out with solutions like this to help manage, not only the, the physical ailments that come from, you know, needing pain medication, but also the mental aspect, right? Because I'm sure, you know, a lot of what triggered your brother to go down that rabbit hole, probably I'm sure came from stuff in the, in the childhood. I'm sure like it triggered you having to watch him suffer, you know, just remembering stuff from your past as well. And what I love is like, you did, you, you, you played the long game. Like I said, you, you, you built the community, then you, you, built an audience of people who know, like, and trust you. You shared a story of a problem that is, I mean, it's pretty out there with your brother's story, your story. And you're like, well, here's a solution. Here's what we're doing. You can use it if you'd like. We're seeing massive results. Our customers are, our friends are. Doesn't sit with you, doesn't sit with you. Yeah. Instead of the other way of like, all right, I, how am I going to get rich quick? Like, what can I start? Let me start this, you know, kale, celery, apple, you know, juice mix. I don't have any followers. No one knows I drink this stuff. Uh, I don't even actually exercise. Let me see if I can convince someone to buy from me. And then like, you wonder why no one's buying from you because it's like, well, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's almost like the law of attraction, right? Like, cause I mean, I think people buy authenticity. I think that's the reason why when you, when people in general post their most like vulnerable posts on social media, whether it's talking about like something personal they're going through or divorce or, you know, drugs or whatever that that gets the most attraction because people relate to that because they can secretly raise their hand and be like, you know, me too. I'm going yep. through that. Yep. And you know, one of my closest friends um, was in the military and he has a lot of PTSD and he swears by CBD. He takes Aww. it. Yeah. He takes it every night. And it's just, it's one of those things though, that I just, I respect brands that are made out of adversity. I respect, yeah. you know, companies that are made out of pain. So yeah. You know, the one, yeah. And I think, so I want to kind of fast forward a little bit to, you know, pays to be brave. And we were talking about like, you know, earlier on the fact that, you know, you were able to, you know, you want to inspire a bunch of women. So you create these events. And, and now before the show, you were talking about, well, like everything's switching now digitally that, you know, the, the, the exhaustion that goes to put on physical events can sometimes be just so stressful that I think it pulls you away from what you're good at. 
and doubling down on that and then still offering a community of pe- a community for people to kind of like get a little bit of Angie Lee. So talk a bit about like your vision for, for pays to be brave, if you will, like maybe some of your top lessons you've learned and like, where do you think it's going? Yeah. Oh, oh man. Live events, live events, Woo! get a, get a dropper of CBD for this. My yeah. friends, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to drive you crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I have this thing called beautiful naivety. It's, it's been a, it's been a superpower in this. I have a lot of things I'm not good at, but you know, I, I usually start things without knowing what uh, the work is going to be that is required. So I just said, you know what? It'd be fun to host a live event. Why is there not an event for women that talks about business and marketing, but it's fun. All of them are either all dude events or they're like women sitting around in a sister's circle, you know, a goddess party touching <laughs> their boobies. You know, I'm like, I, I'm not like super feminist. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then I'm like, I'm like, but you know, how should I, how could I create this? Like this needs to exist. So I'm in the shower one day. I come up with this idea pays me brave. I put it on. Gosh, now three years later, it became one of these, one of, I would say one of the largest female personal development events in the country, kind of by mistake, but also obviously became intentional over time. But man, it's it. the difference between going to speak at an event and hosting your own event is yes, you get to speak at both, but the energy and, and the what it requires to put on an event of that size is insane, right? And I'm super open with people about it because I know a lot of people want to put on their own event. And I think know what you want. If you want a small, intimate mastermind, that's awesome. If you want to put on something that's higher volume, lower ticket, like I did, that's great too. But they're just different skill sets. And thank goodness I hired a planner as soon as I did because I had no idea what I was doing. I was Googling shit. I asked Lori and Chris some questions. They've been good friends for over 10 years. So I said, hey, what do you what do you know about live events? How do you put them on? Do I just get some balloons and, you know, tell some people to show up? Like, that's it, right? And they're like, uh, no. I'm like, oh, shit. So Paisley Brave easily has cost me about 200K my first one and about 350K this last one. So it's, the overhead is not, it's not a little, I don't know. I mean, the overhead to me is not a joke, right? And so it's definitely something that if you're in, you got to be all in. And the promotion is a lot. It's a lot to get people to, to come to a live experience, but it's also unmatched because it's one of the most beautiful live experiences. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful experiences you can have is, is doing, I don't know, is learning from people live, right. And making friends. And a lot of women in my community are very lonely. So they've been wanting to make friends in that process. I found that was one of the biggest things. Um, but yeah, I'm in this season of gosh, I think Corona in 2020 just really woke people up to a lot of changes and it really inspired me to look at what I was doing and ask myself the scary question of, do I love everything that I'm actually doing? Mm. Or do I feel like I just need to because of money or ego or stupid reasons that I'm still human. And when I really asked myself, do I love it to the point where I want to put myself through that again? Uh, the answer is kind of no. And so <laughs> to be honest, I haven't even told anyone this yet. So putting my health first and realizing it was really, really stressful for me, even with the team helping out. So I'm definitely taking at least a year off, which I have to now because of Corona anyways. Mm. So taking a year off of it and then going from there and deciding, but you know, it's a lesson of something can be beautiful, but it doesn't mean you still want to do it. You know, it was great. It was awesome. It was profitable, changed so many lives, but now I'm really in this season of doing less better. So I'm asking myself, what do you want to double down on? What do you really love doing more than anything? Is it podcasting? Is it speaking? Um, gosh, it's this book, right? This book could get into way more than 2000 women's hands. So for me, the energy really should be towards ready as a lie, which I can get into hopefully a hundred thousand, if not hopefully a million, whatever one day people's hands versus 
an event is more so still an intimate experience with your current tribe. So those are the, the questions I'm asking myself now. Well, yeah. And I, and I think for anybody who's listening to this, um, if you've ever run a live event, um, you know how difficult it is to go into planning and like her and I were talking about before, like you don't do it for the money. Cause you don't really, it's more like about connection and community building. And for those who are listening that, you know, I've been upset when things have gotten canceled. I mean, unfortunately it's a, it's business and B like, you know, things happen and, and it's unexpected circumstances. If COVID hadn't happened, you know, things would have been different. And I also know that like the, the virtual events, I think, I've provided a lot of value. I was talking to a friend this morning who was at Tony Robbins UPW, like virtual event. She was like, Oh my gosh, I was absolutely blown away by how amazing it is. Like, I want to do it again. Like, and it's like, you don't expect that, but a lot of people didn't expect to be able to have like conversations on like Facebook either or Instagram. They were like, what? Like post a picture and like it, not for me. And now what? Now look, right. There's like billions of users. And, and so I think, you know, just, you have to, people have to respect a, that, you know, not everything's going to work out the way it seems, you know, sometimes if things don't work out the way they, they want them to and be that like, at the end of the day, like people are people and they have to look out for themselves. And it just, it's, it seems like to me, like, you're like, all right, like I'm just feeling called to do something where I can really double down and give my audience more of me in an authentic way. So maybe that is through your book. So talk about the book, like ready is a lie. Is it like your, is it potentially going to be, is it your life story? Is it like your recipe for success? Like what's it, what's it going to be about? Can you tease it a little bit? Yeah, I'm excited. Ready is a lie. Ooh, and I'm trying to do my best to document the process over the next mm. five months because a lot of people write books, but they don't tell you about the process or what you're doing. They just all of a sudden have a book. It's like, they're not pregnant, but they had a baby, right? You're like, what the hell? Thanks for telling me. So yeah, right, right, right. I want to be transparent with my women in my community and say, hey, look, this is what it's going to take. It's not fun. It's not sexy. I have a co-writer who's helping me. Super honest about that. Just being honest about it versus like, look at me, I'm perfect. I wrote a book. Hopefully you buy millions of copies and you had no right. idea writing it. And, and acting like I'm sitting and writing for hours and hours a day when I'm not, because I have a co-writer who's helping. So the process has been really, really cool how I'm writing it, if, if you want to get into that. But Ready is a Lie is essentially about putting the sexy back into, into the messy first drafts and into starting imperfectly, right? And knowing that there is no perfect time. Everybody's waiting for this one moment when it will be the, the best time to start the business or to start the opportunity or to do the thing. And there isn't a perfect time. And so to me, this isn't really about my story. It's actually more so... There will be stories of women from my community that are sprinkled mm -hmm. in there, which is really cool, but it's more so a pump up short book. Uh, pretty short. I would consider it short. It's, it's more so what I would consider what you would pick up coffee table style motivation um, to get you unstuck and to get, gosh, I would love men and women to love this book where essentially it's going to give you the inspiration you need to get started without all the answers, without thinking that you need to be perfect or expert or anything like that. So it covers a lot of imposter syndrome, perfectionitis and comparison. And those are usually the three things that keep us paralyzed. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's couldn't be more needed. I think in a time right now, as we've talked about throughout the course of the show <laughs> that like people are just kind of afraid to start this, afraid to start that because they're like, Oh, is mine going to be as good as is my podcast going to be as good as, you know, like Lewis Howes. I mean, for me, like that, that was one of the things that I was always looking at was like, all right, like I see a guy like him whose podcast I listen to or rich roll or whatever. Is it like, how am I going to get there? And it's like, they had to start with like, 
50 downloads an episode too. They had to start with like putting together messy action and, and just, you know, re-recording episodes of, you know, in intros and such, just like everybody else. And, and with the book, I can relate. I remember when I wrote my first book, I wrote from felony to fitness to free, which is my first book. And I was like, I'm not, I barely graduated high school. I didn't have a two year degree in college at the time. I didn't have anything. I'm like, I don't know. I hated writing in high school. And I remember like hitting send and my, I had a client who was actually editing it. She's like, Doug, you got to have chapters. You can't just be, it was like one chapter. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll put chapters, but I wrote it and it's like, all right. And then it's like, it leads to you like, what's next? Okay. I can write a book. So what's next? Maybe I can go share my story more publicly and not be scared. Or maybe I can, and that's how you gain like true confidence and authenticity, which I think you and I has been the theme of this show is like being authentic, being real, being who you are. And I'm super excited for the book to come out. And I know like more like short-term you have this podcast course, right? That you're, yeah, yeah. that you're promoting on how to inspire people to kind of create a, a podcast from the ground up. I kind of like you did. So talk a bit about like what that entails and, you know, where people can find out more about that. Yeah. So it's one of the courses that I affiliate for, which I love. Um, gosh, I love affiliate marketing because I can share all these cool resources with people. Um, AngieLeePodcastCourse.com. You guys can check it out. And essentially it's A to Z, everything you'd need to start, launch, grow, monetize a show. There's a lot that goes into podcasting. You know, I think it's one of the most beautiful, amazing mediums. Like it's so cool. And you know, now if you're in the flow of it, it's actually not as difficult as people think. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the highest ROIs, I think, honestly, for the time that you put into it. So gosh, yeah, me and my friend Steph, who is more of the strategic tech side of podcasting came together. So she does all of that. The what I call the boring side of podcasting, how to set it up, your mic, all that crap, your hosting site, how to submit to iTunes. And then I teach more of monetization. How did I start working with brands? How have I literally taken the show, not knowing what I was doing and now make it something that is, is its own full-time income for me, just podcasting. So that's really what I've really wanted to teach some, you know, wanted to teach more women now because women are reaching out to me saying like, Angie, I want to start a show, but I'm afraid to. So I'm like, you need ready is a lie. And you need this podcast course. <laughs> Because like you said, there's no secret to podcasting. I mean, the secret oh. is starting at the right time. So get in as soon as you can, which gosh, in five, 10 years, this might be a different conversation. So get in now while you can. And obviously, yeah, being charismatic and interesting, but staying damn consistent, you know? Yeah. And like, and I know I've heard you say like staying like niche down, like finding a unique thing for people to want to come on your show. I mean, I, I actually took that approach too. I was like, all right, well, it can separate my show from like different ones. And I was like, all right, I can tell people, help people like inspire people to take all these different people who have accomplished some really epic stuff and talk about adversity in their life. And then I recorded a bunch like that. And then once I started building a following and had some, you know, big names on my show, I was like, all right, now I can go more general and just have converse candid conversations with people because now like people will, well, you have credibility with your show. You have, you know, been some consistency because what people don't understand like is it takes time to build a podcast. And then if you're interested in getting guests, which a lot of people are like, you gotta, you have to build a community for yourself. So people know who you are because when you're pitching guests or when you're pitching people like, all right, well, I get a hundred DMS a day. Like, why should I come on your show? And that's what I, when people are asked, have asked me, or I'm sure they ask you, it's like, well, who, like, how, like, how are you separating yourself? And that's where the niching down comes to like, what's going to make your show interesting enough that I don't go on Jane, Karen, or John's show and just tell my, tell my marketing secrets that I've done a thousand times and actually share something like worthwhile and different. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think 
man, if you guys know Seth Godin, he is the godfather of marketing. If anybody listening has not read his books, oh my God, it's like Seth Godin is it. He is everything. He's been such a huge like idol to me. I shouldn't even say idol. That sounds weird. Like I'm idolizing someone, but just a huge mentor in this space of marketing and doing it right. Like permission marketing and being authentic and sub tribes. Like guys, the goal is not to just say, Oh, I think people would like this. And let me go out there into the world and see people like it. Find a sub tribe who has a problem and go solve it. You want to make a lot of money? Just go do that. Like we make marketing so complex, but it's actually easier than we think. And so that's really what his work is around. And it's so incredible. And that's really been a lot of my niche training now is teaching women like do less better. What do you actually teach people? Can we put some tangibility around it? And then of course, with anything, you can go more broad. You know, I started in in fitness and then I taught uh, entrepreneurs in fitness how to grow their business. So it's always been niche, 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 niche. And now I feel like I'm at a point where I can talk about kind of anything on my page and it will convert and do well because I've built that trust with women and they know that I first have doubled down on something. So I always encourage people to double down first if you can, and then, and then you can go wide and talk about whatever the heck you want to talk about, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you, you started in a really niche, um, you know, kind of like sector and then you kind of like branched out as you grew. And I think that's kind of like how, like anything, right? Like you figure out like how you can really help people, how you can serve your community in the most authentic way and then let the cards like lay out as they're meant to. And like things will kind of just manifest from there. So the one last question I want to ask you. These are so good. Oh my God. I'm like, this is so juicy. (laughs) (laughs) One last question I want to ask you is this. So your baby grandma now, you know, you you got your own, you know, filter on Instagram, you got um, coffee mugs and everything else. What if, if you were talking to your 16 year old Angie, like what advice would you give to her um, on how to be successful and fulfilled? (laughs) Oh man, baby grandma. That literally started as a joke in college. 11, 12 years ago in my dorm room, I told my roommate, like, you know, I'm kind of like a baby and a grandma. Like if a baby and a grandma came together and she's like, oh, it's like a baby grandma. I'm like, yeah. So I started this hashtag. And the next thing you know, it started to catch on. And now I have a merchandise shop. I mean, it just blew up over 10 years. So a long time of me just saying that phrase and using it. And it's awesome. It's basically old souls and a young body. And I call it Jomo, like the joy of missing out. Like I don't want to go party. I just want to stay in and (laughs) take a hot bath. So um, I know there's a lot of women and men who relate to that. And they're like, I want to be a baby grandpa or baby grandma. So I would probably, I'd probably tell her to not stress so much about the little stuff Mm. and to really, really embody that not everybody is going to like you and that's okay. And be you as soon as possible, fully you unapologetic, be more unapologetic. You know, I'm now unapologetic and I still have such a long way to go. And it's something I'm working through now, but I would definitely tell myself to be more unapologetic, but that's hard to tell a 16 year old because you know, you're terrified of what anyone's going to say about anything you do, wear, say, think, you know? And so I think for me, it's been really just embracing more of that unapologeticness, (laughs) which gosh, if I could have had that at 16, that would have been amazing. and would have saved me so much stress and anxiety around business and owning this brand where I've put myself out there publicly now for the last 10 years. Mm. And so that's come with a lot of shit, you know, it's, it's come with a lot of insecurities and a lot of pain that I didn't know when I signed up for the job. But now I'm realizing like, all right, this is kind of part of the job when you put yourself out there. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's such good advice. And I think people, again, it just comes back to the point of consistency and, you know, it's taken, you know, 10 years of putting yourself out there. And like, you know, if you sweat the small stuff, 
the more it'll turn into big stuff, right? I always tell people like we take these golf ball size problems and because of the way we react and respond, it turn into like bowling ball size problems based on our, like, our actions and our reactions and everything. So, you know, I wanted to thank you for our conversation today. It's been, I think, epic. And the one thing I wanted to do is I, you know, I want to invite um, the listeners um, to really, you know, take, you know, take down their top takeaways from this episode, because I'm going to be giving away, um, which I haven't shared, three baby grandma coffee mugs. Yay! To, yes, to people. All they have to do for people who are listening <laughs> is take a screenshot of listening to this episode, tag Angie, tag myself, and then your top takeaway from the episode, and I'm going to give away three mugs um, to the you know most well thought out, detailed you know takeaways that, that I decide. And um, you know it's it's once again it's a great tale of just somebody who has really just come from a, a place of you know a lot of darkness, you know, growing up and a lot of insecurities, and just really walked through hell and continued to you know be a light to herself and others, and created this amazing authentic community. And things have just happened as a result of just taking consistent, messy action. So Angie, I wanted to thank you again for coming on. Aw, thank you, Doug. This is amazing. Seriously, probably one of my favorite interviews, hands and, down. Awesome. You're so good and you're just so genuine and I can feel that. And I think that's just speaks volumes about you as a leader and just everything, right? I mean, you're always going to win if you're genuine, always. So I'm so grateful that I was able to be on and the baby grandma mugs. That makes me yeah. so happy. <laughs> Yes, I know. I, I I can't wait to see what people have to say about They're that. Like, so is this a joke. It's like no, this is not a joke. <laughs> no, for real. So so people can find you at Angie Lee Show right on Instagram and yep. your podcast, the Angie Lee Show, Soul CBD, um, and I'll make sure to plug all that stuff in the show notes. So you know, once again, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, for the you know for the second time, just like screenshot it, tag Angie, tag myself your top takeaway and you'll be entered to win a mug. And um, if you enjoyed it, please reach out to Angie, please reach out to myself once again, and you know, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, once again, you're listening to this week's episode of the adversity advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we will see you next time.